Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I'm speaking with Disney bride Keisha Davenport about her ceremony in Germany and her reception in France at Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she planned everything during the time of COVID and how it all turned out. So welcome, Keisha. Hey, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiancé decided you wanted to have a Disney wedding. Well, I have been pretty much stalking the Disney wedding website since I was old enough to think about weddings. (laughs) Um, so it was kind of one of the first things we talked about when we got together to begin with. So it was kind of no surprise that that's where it was going to be. Oh, that's great. That sounds easy. So then did your friends and family expect that and they weren't too surprised when you announced where the wedding was going to be? Oh, yeah. Nobody was surprised at all. <laughs> that's great. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? I think we invited around a little over 50, maybe like 51, 52, and we had 34, including us. Wow, that's pretty good considering all the COVID restrictions going on right now. Yeah. Did you set up a room block for your guests? No, we did not. I have a friend who's a travel agent, so I just sent everybody to her. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Did it work out okay with transportation, like having to pick everybody up and knowing where they all were? Oh, yeah, totally. So most people were at Pop or at Hilton Buena Vista Palace. That's where we like to stay since my husband has a lot of Hilton points and Disney had no problem being able to pick them up from both of those places. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. How did you guys choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? We didn't really have too much of a preference on the date. So we were trying to find like a cooler month because we did know we wanted it outside in Epcot. Like that was kind of one of our main things. So we wanted, we didn't want it to be in like the middle of summer where it'd be too hot. So we just kind of went with like a Friday to make it a little bit easier for people to travel since we're pretty much coming from all over the country. Oh, that's interesting. And then, of course, having a ceremony in Epcot, you kind of don't have a choice of when the when it's going to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The time was kind of a given. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you pick Germany and France for your ceremony and reception? For the ceremony, we kind of narrowed it down to either Japan or Germany because I just love Japanese anime, all of that kind of culture. But my husband's actually was born in Germany and he was stationed in the Air Force over there. So he spent a lot of time of his life in Germany and he really likes it and misses it. So it was kind of like a nod to to that for him. That's great. And then how did you choose France for your reception? That's a whole whole story with COVID and everything. We originally had chose Ariel's. He wanted it kind of close by Epcot, but we hadn't really like picked like France or anything. But with COVID restrictions, Ariel's way too small to spread out all of our groupings. So we had to either move it to a ballroom, which was the one thing I absolutely did not want. I refused. I was like, I can do a ballroom here in St. Louis. Like, I do not want a ballroom. So they gave us the option. It came down to either Italy or France. 
but we had a little like a couple more groupings to spread out the tables a little bit further than they needed to for Italy. So we moved it to France. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, and that place is great because it has those built-in planters, so you barely need any decor. Yeah, no, it was actually, we, we loved the idea of Italy because it was like right next door. But I mean, honestly, moving it to France was perfect. I love France. I went there for my high school like trip when I graduated. Like, so it actually kind of worked out for us. Got it. Okay. Did you add any kind of entertainment at the reception? We had a violinist. Since we were outside in the park, we couldn't do like a DJ or anything, which was fine with us because we didn't want dancing or anything like that. And honestly, our our people couldn't stop talking about how great the violinist was. <laughs> now, you and I were talking earlier and you mentioned that you had a shortened reception, which I think scares a lot of people. But can you talk about that decision to do a three-hour reception instead of a full four or five-hour reception? We're one, we're not like really dancing people. So we don't really like, didn't really care about that part of it. We just kind of wanted to be able to feed people and have like a nice like time to just sit down. So we figured four hours would be too much of just kind of sitting there when we wanted like the mingling part of our reception to basically be us eating and drinking around the world at Epcot. We originally were going to do a four hour, but when we were looking at different venues we could do with the COVID restrictions, we kind of cut it down to three to see if it opened up more options and we just kind of stuck with it because we felt like it was better for us since we were just going to be eating a meal having a few drinks doing like the basics cake cutting and that kind of thing before just going to hang out so we think it really worked out a lot for us oh good okay that's good to hear because I think people worry that they're going to need to entertain their guests the whole time and there's not going to be enough to do but you didn't find that without having a DJ or characters or anything that wasn't an issue Oh, not at all. Because like I said, we had the violinist and he was going around to each table taking requests. So it was kind of like a little bit of entertainment there. Plus with the new like little mini parades or cavalcades as Disney's calling them with COVID, like we had a, we had both of them in Epcot come by during our reception since the park had opened already. So we got to see like the little car with like Mickey and Minnie and stuff. And then another one with the princesses. So there was definitely little things happening that kept people entertained. I think if we would have been there longer than three hours, then we would have been starting to get kind of bored and like antsy. Okay. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors you can recommend? When it comes to the food, I honestly don't remember a lot of it. (laughs) I had some Mickey waffles, which I was happy about. That's the one thing that I really wanted. And then the cheeseburger spring rolls that everybody talks about, those were delicious and a huge hit. For cake, we did the churro with the churro crunch filling, which is delicious. Then we also did another one that was kind of a random, but ended up being a huge hit. We did the red velvet with the cookies and cream filling that a lot of people really liked. Oh, good. Okay. And did you add a ride mix in since you were in Epcot? No, I kind of wish we had, but we we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? Yeah, for sure. So... We started, well, I started my day. I woke up at 2.30 to get all of my bridesmaids and everybody up and around so that we could start getting our hair and makeup done at 3.30. We had Stacy from Fairytale Hair and Makeup and her crew come. We got picked up a little late because I was taking a little long, but that's okay. <laughs> I think our ceremony officially started at 8.45 in the morning. We had to bump it up because they've been letting people in the parks earlier and earlier, even though the set time is 11. So we were trying to get in all of the like first dances, cake cutting, all of that in before they let people in so we could have our masks off for them. After that, 
our ceremony was probably about 15 minutes. Then they kind of ushered the guests over to France and then we took our family photos and stuff and then they ushered them over and then Dean took us around and we did like a little mini Epcot park shoot on our way to our reception. So we got there to the reception probably around 10 or so. And then we were done until uh, we probably left a little before noon. Like it was scheduled till noon, but we, at that point, like everybody was done eating, we were ready to go change and come back to the park. And then we spent the rest of the day at Epcot eating and drinking and hanging out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's interesting that you mention mask restrictions. A lot of people right now are using the in-park locations before the park opens because you don't have to, as the bridal couple, wear your mask when you're doing your first dances and when you're at the ceremony. Can you talk a little bit about what COVID restrictions were in place at the time of your event? Yeah, so it was like that. So for like our first dance, the ceremony, cake cutting, entrance, we didn't have to have masks. They were really great about, you know, when we would take our family photos, like our parents, could, like my mom could stand next to me and then they let her remove her mask and she put it back on and the next person would come up. So as long as it was like our immediate family, they still let us have pictures with, that, with and without the mask just to kind of do the thing. Yeah, they just, because of our original timeline starting at nine, we would have been pushing into after they let guests into the park for our reception. And so we had to kind of, figure out a way to like bump it up a little bit and kind of squeeze in those key moments so that we could still have the masks off. Chrissy was our planner and she was fantastic at like trying to get the parks to work with us and working with us and trying to be a little flexible about the order of things. Like we did our first dance at our ceremony location so that we could get it in without having guests see us so we could have our masks off for it and that kind of thing. Oh, that's wonderful. So between 11 and noon at your reception, I mean, you were allowed to take off your masks when you're eating, right? But then any other time you had to have them on? Yeah, so they still let us kind of walk around and mingle. I say us. I didn't move because my dress was massive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot to move around that. Um, but they, they still had every, you know, people could come up and talk to us at our table and like everything. As long as they kept their masks on, they couldn't drink there or anything. But as long as they, yeah, as long as people kept their masks on, they could walk around. And as soon as they were seated at their table, they were fine to take it off if they wanted to eat and drink as much as they wanted. Okay, great. I want to take a quick break and let you know about this episode's sponsor. I am very excited to be partnering with the heritage brand Lennox, whose products have been appearing on wedding gift registries basically since the invention of the wedding registry. Not only do they offer classic china, but they also now have casual dinnerware, serving accessories, and of course, Disney-themed Christmas ornaments. I think a lot of couples today feel like they don't need to register for housewares because they've already set up their home, but your wedding guests want to give you gifts, and they want to give you gifts that you want. And a registry is a service to them and a great opportunity for you to upgrade what you have or augment it with things that you might not buy for yourself. And then every time you use the items that your guests get you, you will think of the people who gave them to you. So I am a big proponent of using fancy china every day, especially now when we are all cooking and eating at home so much. 
But Lennox also has a lot of casual dinnerware that's really versatile. So they sent me this cool dessert set and tray in a mix and match pattern called Blue Bay. And when Patrick saw it, he got very excited about planning an at-home dessert party where we make the treats from our wedding in Epcot and then we eat them from the Blue Bay China while we listen to the Illumination soundtrack. But Patrick was even more excited when he saw that they included the Minnie's Dream Wedding Christmas Ornament, which you have probably seen. It's Mickey and Minnie, and Minnie is holding out her hand, and she has a 24-karat gold ring on it. We buy a Christmas ornament on every Disney trip and write the year on it, and I think it's a tradition that many Disney fans enjoy. So I feel like this ornament would be really meaningful for the year that you got married. And you don't even have to go all the way to Disney to get it. All of Lennox's Disney ornaments, the Blue Bay dessert set, and tons of other great picks for your wedding registry are available online at lennox.com. And Disney Wedding Podcast listeners can get 20% off their entire order by using the code DISNEYWEDDINGPODCAST in all caps. And now, on with the show! Another thing I've seen people worrying about is that, especially if it's a reception that doesn't have dancing or anything, the tables are spaced so far apart, they're worried that it won't feel like a party because nobody can really talk to each other. How did that go for you? I can kind of see where they're coming from with that. I think if we weren't in the location that we were, it would seem a lot more open. But since we were in Terrace de Fleur, we had all those giant planners that kind of took up that space in between the tables. So it kind of ended up working out just fine. But like I said, they let people kind of walk around a little bit and mingle as long as they kept their masks on while they were doing it. Okay, got it. Now, when you were planning all of this, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention and your budget? I think our biggest thing was just the location. Like that was like the one thing that I I absolutely wanted. I wanted it in Epcot. It's been my favorite park since I was little. And then other things like outside, like my dress and little things like that. We weren't like super, we didn't really care as much about floral. Like we wanted it to look nice. You know, we wanted a good tasting cake and I wanted Mickey waffles, but that's about, you know, the extent of it. <laughs> I think people are going to want to know more about your dress. Can you talk a bit about that? I mean, it's a massive dress. It's probably about 10, 15 pounds worth of dress <laughs> <laughs> um, with like two petticoats underneath it. I got it at a bridal shop in Tampa because it's just easier for me to just meet my mom down there because that's where she lives in that area. It was definitely a process with COVID happening and then trying to buy a dress down there and flying down constantly to to do alterations and struggling to take pictures with people because they got to like squeeze in because it's it's definitely a social distancing dress. Like it's hard for people to get close to me in it. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the designer? Um, I actually don't know. It didn't really have like a tag and I just got it. It was like off the rack at um, Truly Forever Bridal in Tampa. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So then what aspects of planning were less important to you where you saved your money and your effort? I mean, probably all the fine details, like a cake cutting song. We were just kind of like, okay, this one, I guess. Like we never, we, there was a lot of things like floral. We didn't really care a whole lot about. We were like, here are the colors we want. We don't really care if it's a whole lot. We just really just wanted the ceremony and to hang out with people in Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up being your favorite memory of the wedding day? So I have a couple. Um, one of them ended up being a funny moment when we were exchanging rings. Adam starts to put my wedding band on the wrong finger. And so then I'm kind of like, oh, nope. 
you know, like shaking my head, like trying to be like wrong one. And he then he starts to put it on the, the wrong way. And I was like, no, wrong one. It's on the wrong finger still. And I'm like, no, still wrong one. And so he finally gets it on the right finger and everybody's laughing. Um, we found out later that most people thought it was like a, a made up skit that we just did for fun. And we we're like, nope, that's just him putting it on the wrong finger. <laughs> like, And then another is just being able to see the characters, you know, during our reception. Because they, whoever was like the person there, like not my planner, but the other lady that was just kind of hanging out at our reception, helping out our coordinators, she came over before they did them. And was like, hey, some characters are probably going to show. Listen for the music. If you want, you can walk up the steps here and take pictures. And so I was able to still get pictures with characters, even though we didn't have characters at our reception. Wow, that's great. And they drove right up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they just drove on by, you know. So, so both times she was like, hey, they'll probably be here in a few minutes. And so I could, you know, stumble my way, try to like, I had to have like people like move their chairs and everything to get my dress all the way through. But I was able to get up there and Mike was able to get some pictures with the characters coming by behind me and everything. That's wonderful. Yeah. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Um, honestly, no. I mean, we're pretty flexible people. So anything, as long as it was where we wanted it to be, like it didn't really matter to us. That's great. Was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? Rain. Uh, the forecast leading, like the whole week leading up, even the day before was, was forecast a lot of rain. Um, and it thankfully got pushed back like two days. So the rest of our trip was pretty rainy, but it was a stressful time because if it would have rained, we would have been moved up to backup locations, which would have kind of defeated our, our one thing that we wanted was the, the location. So, but 6 a.m. call, you know, Christy called me and was like, hey, we're still on for outside. So that's wonderful. Do you remember where they were going to put you? So my backup ceremony would have been in America Rotunda, which would have been fine. That's, yeah. that's a nice location. It's still in the park, but our backup reception would have been in a, in a yacht club ballroom. Mm. Now, is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Ate more food. <laughs> I didn't eat very much at all because of all of, you know, I had a handful of like cheeseburger spring rolls that they'd left for me. And then I was like, oh, I'm full because of my nerves. Mm. Um, I would have eaten more food. I would have let people know, like really emphasize like how much walking they're going to do. And if you're going to wear heels to bring like something to change into. I was fine, but I definitely had some of my bridesmaids didn't really think about the fact how far they were going to be walking from Germany to France and everything. Um, so their feet were we're a little sore, especially after a few days in the parks beforehand. That's a good point. Yeah. World mm -hmm. Showcase is huge. Yeah. And I try to show them on a map. They'd never been there. So it's kind of hard for them to like know the scale of really how much walking. But I would definitely emphasize bringing like some little extra shoes. Okay. Got it. Do you have any tips or advice for future couples? Perhaps couples who are wondering if they should postpone so that they don't have to get married under the restrictions or just go for it. I guess it depends on your priorities. I would say just go for it if you're flexible. I mean, if you have an exact idea in your head, yes, maybe wait. We are super, super flexible. We don't mind the restrictions, you know, as long as we could be where we want to be with the people we love, we were fine. That's wonderful. Well, Keisha, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Epcot, and I appreciate your taking the time. No problem.
That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>